Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Stephen Sashin. And Stephen is a serial entrepreneur who has never had a job. He's a former professional stand-up comic and award-winning screenwriter. And he's a competitive sprinter. He's one of the fastest men over 55 years old in the United States. It's pretty impressive. He and his wife, Lena Phoenix, co-founded the footwear company, Zero Shoes, and appeared on Shark Tank where they turned down a $400,000 offer from Kevin O'Leary. That's a very interesting story we're going to get into. All right, then. Yeah, Zero Shoes is on, uh, what is it, the Inc. 5000 list. You guys are growing, you're building, you are the number one, how would you say it, uh, shoe company in the world. The We're the sandal. minimalist footwear or, or natural movement footwear company. Awesome. So Startup Nation, join me in welcoming Steven to the show. Steven, thanks for being here. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, I think you pretty much covered it. Uh, I, I think We're I had- We're done here then. We're done. I might, have, I might have had one job at some point. Actually, the only job I ever had, I was hired to be, a, uh, I did magic for a living. I was a magician at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia. But it doesn't really count because they let me do whatever I wanted. So they paid me and I just did whatever I was in the mood for. One day they said, <clears throat> Augustus Bush, pardon me, Augustus Bush, I think the third, who was running Bush, Anheuser-Busch, um, saw your show and loved it. I said, I didn't see him at the show. They say, we told him to hide behind a tree to watch your show because we knew that if you saw him, you would bring him on stage and make him look like an idiot. And I said, yes, that's good advice. <laughs> that is good advice. All right, Stephen, share with us something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. I, prior to starting Zero Shoes, I was... Uh, an internationally known meditation teacher. In wow. fact, we were we were looking to to expand that business, if you will, uh, before we started the company, and decided not to because um, what happens is the more you are able to successfully help people have very um, let's just say altered experiences of self and other, to have experiences of sort of completion and wholeness and. Uh, all these things they think they've been striving for, they, some people don't like that. Some people have, a, have a, an identity of being someone who's a seeker. And when you show them that they can find what they were seeking, it messes with their identity. And they don't 
take that well. So um, I, since I don't have any messianic aspirations, I decided not to make myself or put us in a situation where other people would try and make us unhappy because we actually gave them what they wanted. <laughs> that is so freaking interesting for several reasons. And you and I can talk off camera here, but I'm starting a spiritual coaching business right uh, on the side. So you and I, let's talk shop uh, for a minute. No, I mean, look, I, I will give you the short version. It, the, the biggest thing you're going to need to pay attention to is the people who have an identity around being needing to be fixed and you can't win that argument. No, I get that. So that's a lot of that victim mentality, right? That's it's just kind of how that shows. You know, actually, I'll tell you, it's just an extension of a natural human thing to think that there's something wrong, and mm -hmm. we we're wired to look for things that we think are wrong so that we can protect ourselves from what used to be actual problems. But now we don't have those problems. We don't have someone trying to chase us and make us lunch, or or you know, we we don't have to worry about whether the water we're drinking has bacteria in it that will kill us. So we still have this internal thing we do of looking for problems. And some people really tie that to their identity. And when they do, uh, you know, when you show them there's another way, what you're simultaneously doing is essentially showing them that they would have to die to some part of themselves. And a lot of people, for some reason, don't like that. You literally just like summarized the entire Bible. You realize that? <laughs> <clears throat> That's a good point. No, no, it's valid. So Startup Nation, we're talking business here, but for a second, I'm, you know, I'm kind of going here with Stephen to connect the, the spiritual side of things. Why? Because I believe that you need to build faith into your business. And if you're showing up in business, just chasing the money and thinking that's all that there is, and you're killing off the spiritual side of you and drowning that out, like you're not showing up authentically. You're, you're kind of a split personality there. All right, Stephen, let's get back down okay. to business here. How much revenue, uh, gross revenue approximately, did your business do in the past 12 months? Give us a range of um, So I'm only allowed to say certain things mm -hmm. publicly that are already made public. We did an sure. equity crowdfunding raise and we have to file with the SEC. So what I can say is in 2017, we did 5.53 million and mm -hmm. we're projecting between 8.5 and 9 for 2018. That's freaking fantastic. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. All right. And, and then the real question, right, on this show, First 100K, how long did it take you from zero to your first 100K or, or crossing that, that line? How long did that take? Um, I'd have to look at the math, but it was about nine months. Nine months. Okay, got it. Very cool. All right. Now, starting <laughs> Here's why I invited Stephen on the show. Stephen and I, uh, we met at New Media Summit in Austin, Texas. And Stephen walks up and he's the only guy in like a sports jacket wearing sandals. <laughs> and I was like, who the bleep is this dude, right? And he's got this high energy, larger than life personality, big ear to ear smile. And I was like, man, he's got a great energy about him. And let me let go of the judgment, right? That we all do as humans. Wait, hold on, what judgment? Oh, I was judging you, bro. You don't even know. <laughs> right? Oh, I want to hear. Oh, so, then, so then like Steven sits down at the lunch table right next to me on my right-hand side and we get to chatting and, you know, I really just got to know him. And I was like, this guy's a great guy. And then he's, I, 
he shared what he's into and he shared about uh, this shoe company that he founded and that's why he's wearing these sandals and then he like lifts his feet up on the table and shows me his sandals and I'm like, how rude, right? And, but I was like, you know what? This guy believes in what he's doing and he's evangelizing what he's doing because he truly believes that he's adding value to people's lives. And he has thus built a very successful company from it. I also so see what shows up in that. I also seem to be missing the gene that's aware of how other people perceive me. So. <laughs> you uh, and I both, brother. <laughs> I really get that. You know, and sometimes I think that's what it takes is that kind of uh, ignorant boldness. Well, you know what? It, I'll tell you what it actually is for me. I, and this is not a deliberate thing, but I realize this. I'm 56 now, and it, it, it's something I only realized recently. Um, I basically treat everyone like they're friends of mine, not mm-hmm. as a deliberate thing. It's just that I don't have the ability to do it any other way. Mm. Um, but I realize that's what it is that I do is that I just assume that we've all known each other and that's the way I tend to behave. I, I really get that because that's how I show up in the world. I'm very friendly, very fast with people and it really throws a lot of people off mm. and, and you see them kind of lean back like I, I gotta tell you funny, too friendly. I've got to tell you a funny story about this. Um, a bunch of us are in a movie theater one day, and uh, it's like for a matinee. And um, I don't know how it happened, but I turned around and started talking to the people who were behind me. And and um, uh, the, one of the people I was sitting with was similarly having a lot of judgments about my doing that of like you know spinning around in my chair and hanging out with them. And then I'm eating their popcorn as well. And um, and he had like all this stuff in his head until he noticed that they were like totally having fun and fine with it. And so, and I'm not saying that you should just lean behind you and eat people's popcorn, but it, it is, it is a funny thing. It's sort of like an ex uh, girlfriend of mine said, you treat every dog like they're your friend. I said, well, they are. And so I do that with people too. <laughs> I get that because I believe until someone proves like they're dishonest or does you wrong or whatever, it's like you're innocent until proven guilty. So why wouldn't I be your friend? I, I actually don't even put the, the line there. My wife calls it my most confusing psychological trait that I'm still, I will still be friendly with people who have completely screwed us over. Um, because that probably, that probably really pisses them off too. It freaks them out. I mean, they run <laughs> to the other side of the street. I, I I just, it's like, it wasn't personal. They did whatever they did for whatever reason. It's not going to change my thoughts about them as a human being. I won't do business with them, but why wouldn't I say hi and hang out? And that's apparently confusing to some. Man, I'm telling you, I don't know. I think you're a closet Christian, bro. I got to, I got (laughs) to. Like you're turning the other cheek. You're forgiving people. You're quoting, summarizing the entire Bible on the show, on a business show. It's hilarious. All right. So, Tell us exactly, like, I want your top three tips or strategies that you use to go from zero to your first 100K and beyond. Like, walk us through those three main things. It's really, really easy. Uh, Well, I'm going to give you four, actually, because the first I just realized I have to add in there, which is building a website. So I built a website for what we were then selling, which was a do-it-yourself sandal-making kit based on a 10,000-year-old idea. Or um, actually, it's funny that you say closet Christian. The, uh, when we first started doing this, the number of people who said, hey, they're Jesus sandals was really high. But <clears throat> so what we were selling- you, You're even know, selling Jesus sandals. Man, by the end of this, so, uh, so the first thing is I put up a website. The second thing is I got involved in actual conversations that people were having about what I was doing, which at the time was focused on barefoot running. So I was finding where people were already congregating to talk about what I was doing, and I just got involved in the conversation. 
So I wasn't trying to sell. I wasn't trying to pitch anything. I was just trying to be part of it because it was something I was doing. It was something I was interested in. So I became um, known in that community or those communities because I contributed to the conversation. And contributed is the important part. <clears throat> Pardon me. I had a protein bar for breakfast and it's like stuck in my throat. Oh, nice. uh, so I was actually uh, contributing valuable information and advice and recommendations. I wasn't just there to, to sell. The second thing is I uh, gave it all away. I put up content that was all about how to do exactly what my business is doing. You, you didn't need to buy anything from me. Just follow my instructions and you can make a product just like ours. Now, granted, it was less expensive and easier to get the stuff from us than to go and try and source it yourself. But I gave it away. I made a bunch of videos that have now been seen millions of times on how to do what we did. In fact, a number of businesses ended up starting by copying what I had done. Totally cool. The third thing is that I just created a lot of content. And I put it everywhere. So I was making those videos that I just described. I made uh, not just instructional videos, but educational videos. I posted those on every video site known to man. I created a lot of blog posts, a lot of articles, and I put those everywhere. So the gist of it, really, if I have to sum it up, is something that a friend of mine said uh, 25 years ago. He said, making money is easy. Figure out where the money is already flowing and just get in the way. And so what that meant in my situation, that usually means things like, sell advertising because businesses are looking to spend money on advertising, get in the way. But it's the same idea. People were looking for information and products around the whole barefoot running idea. I got, excuse me, I got in the way of that conversation and offered something valuable. All right. I really like that. So the first one's obvious, right? Put up a website. Well, it's obvious, but it's amazing how people do that, you know, badly. So, um, uh, so, but yes, it is pretty straightforward. In fact, it's way easier now than it was nine years ago when we started. That was, that was a whole thing. Yeah. Back then you had to learn front page and some other <laughs> yeah. difficult things, which I did. Um, but now it's like Wix, right? You get free websites, you got Weebly, you got all these. Yeah, lots of ways of doing it. It's so easy. So Startup Nation, if you don't have a website, and I know that sounds archaic to some of you that are listening right now, but please understand there are a lot of other listeners listening to the show right now who don't even have a website, even though they have a business. Well, and let me add one. So many times in my co-working spaces, people come in and join and yeah. I'm like, what's your website? Oh, uh, we're in the process of building one. I'm like, how long have you been in business? Oh, right. for two years. I'm right. like, what are you what doing? Get up. Well, and let me add one other thing about building the website. <clears throat> the most important thing you want to do is make sure the headline that you have is offering a benefit to the people who are coming there. Who they don't care about you. They don't want to hear about what you're doing. They don't want to hear how special you are. They want to see something that lets them feel confident that you're going to be able to solve a problem they have and or give them a solution that they want. So, and I got to be honest, when you go to our site, it, you're going to see something that doesn't necessarily look like that because we're in a weird situation selling footwear. People come to buy our products for a lot of different reasons. So what we try to do is do that graphically of just sort of showing people having the lifestyle that they want to have if they have our product. But we I've tested dozens of headlines and none of them ever made a difference. So we're kind of just sitting on the one that we currently like right now till we find another few to test. Well, I'm, I'm very curious. What was the headline you went with, uh, when you first put up the website? Well, that is a really good question. And um, I don't remember what I had for breakfast other than that protein bar. So if you're asking me to figure out what I did nine years ago, uh, you are yes, yes, I am. <laughs> You'd have to look in the Wayback Machine to find that. I, don't, I, I honestly don't remember. 
Well, listen, I'm glad I, we went deeper with that first strategy, uh, put up a website, because what you ended up saying is, and what we pulled out of you is, put up a website that's client-focused. Yeah. It has a client-focused headline and yeah. client-focused content. Yeah. Nobody cares about you, Startup Nation, and what you're doing until yeah. they already know, like, and trust you, and they see that you have something for them. You have value for them. So the way to get their attention is make your entire website all about them and mm -hmm. the benefit you're going to bring for them or the pain you're going to take away from their life. What else do you want to add to that? Anything? Boy, no, that really sums it up. Cool. That's what I do. I'm, I'm a badass at summarizing. All right. So number two, um, Stephen says, get involved in the conversation within your niche. That's valuable. Get involved in the conversation within your niche um, and then contribute to the conversation. Don't go in there selling. And right. I know some of you go in there selling. You're literally coming in like the car salesman. Hey, here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. Right? That's pretty much what you're doing. You know, you put your signature, your signature. Hey, order my free book. Order this. Order that. Stop doing that. Actually, just go in and hear the conversation that people are having because what you're gonna, what's going to show up, it's like eavesdropping on, you know, you know, in the corner of a room, you get to hear what people are struggling with. You get to hear what they can't, haven't found a solution for. Uh, you know, if only someone would give me this, man, I'd pay, you know, for that. And you'd be like, ding, 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 ding. Right. So that's, you're going to get a lot of value by just sitting in the conversation and contributing to. And I'm not saying don't put something in your SIG file. You definitely want to do that, but you don't need to oversell it. You need to, to establish yourself as an authority. You need to provide value. Yes. And what that looks like is step three, give it all away. That's yeah. what Steven says. Give it all away. Like that was a bold move you did, Steven, like straight up, like creating videos of here's how to do exactly what it is that I do to the point that you gave all the details that competitors literally started companies to compete oh, yeah. with you from yeah. your own videos. How did that not scare you? Uh, it didn't scare me. It just, it just, it, it's a thing that someone referred to as moving the free line. Just find all the things you want to charge money for and just, just give away as much of that as you can and then figure out what you're going to do after that. It just, it was just the obvious way to get started. So I wasn't, it never occurred to me to be worried. I just knew it would work. Now, did you have bills to pay at this time or were you comfortable financially? Uh, that's that's why did you need question. to monetize? We did. In fact, the way that Zero Shoe started, so my wife and I had been retired from 2000 to 2009 on some clever real estate things that we had done, but the money started drying up. In 2006, we looked at the market. Our last friend became a real estate investor, and I immediately called our partner in our real estate stuff and said, uh, it's 99 all over again. Everyone thinks they're a stock trader. Start selling now. And he says, funny you mentioned that. I can't find any good deals. So we, we really predicted the crash about two years before it happened. It was started getting out of real estate. So what we thought was going to be a lifetime uh, cash flow business just was ending quickly. We started selling everything. So we had a little bit of money, but we, we were about a month away from having none. <clears throat> and so we definitely needed to make money right away. Uh, and I said to my wife, you know, the biggest problem that I'm having before we started the company, the biggest problem we're having is that we're not broke. Because until we're broke, I want to do something that I want to do, not something that I need to do. And we really lucked out. We fell into this. I mean, look, the way that it happened, there was a local barefoot running coach who said, these sandals you're making is a goofy little hobby. 
if you had this uh, website and treated this like a business, I'd put you in a book that I have a contract to write. So I rushed home and pitched this idea to my wife who told me it was a horrible idea. And uh, after she went to bed, I built a website. So that's the way it all happened. It was really just serendipitous. Uh, but no, we needed, to be, we needed to be making money from day one. And we were. So, so how did you start making money if you're giving everything away for free? Because we were selling the DIY kit. <clears throat> so again, if you didn't want to try and look up all the instructions, actually, you can just find it all in the video. But if you didn't want to look for the materials uh, and buy the materials, where you would end up having to buy more than you needed for yourself, because they only mm -hmm. sold this stuff in giant sheets and long stretches of cord. Uh, so we made the materials available at a better price than what you could do on your own. So that's a valuable distinction right there, Startup Nation. Steven created videos of how to create your own running sandals for yourself. He put it in front of the audience of people that were interested in running barefoot. Right. right? And then he says, by the way, if you don't want to do this all yourself and order all this stuff in bulk and here's how to do it. But if you don't want to, Oh, by the way, I have a kit for whatever, 3990. How much? Jeez. I wish it was 3999. It was 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 20 bucks. Like that's, that's an easy sale. Yeah. That's an easy sale. And people get that you're not trying to sell them because you gave it to them for free anyway. Right. But now they don't want to do it because their time is valuable. So shoot, I'd pay 20 bucks and be like, yeah, yeah. I want everything pre-cut ready to go. Just a kit. Okay. Send it to me. So no startup, startup nation, how can you do that with your own product? And you know, and the, what the, a lot of these things that I was doing then now have names. And so what I was doing in a certain way was what some people refer to as a tripwire offer. It's just something just really easy, really inexpensive, just to get them in the door. And I, I, that wasn't it. I mean, that was our entire product. That was our whole business. So it wasn't, we didn't have a tripwire, but that's the way it, you could think of it to a certain extent, because as the business grew, that really did become an, the, the introductory product to what we do. And people weren't using it just for running. They were, you know, walking, hiking, just hanging out. They didn't like shoes, couldn't fit in shoes, um, wanted to have, you know, something better than a flip-flop, et cetera. In fact, we would sell, usually what, would, what we would see is we would sell a pair to the barefoot runner in the family. And within a week, we'd see an order for five more for everybody else in the family. So we knew we were onto something when, when that happened. But the gist is that we made it really easy. And there are other ways of doing business. But, but by having the barrier to entry so low, uh, that's what accelerated things or that's what let it kick off so quickly and easily. I think that's an incredible point to make for Startup Nation right now because that's what keeps most people from uh, making their first 100K is, mm. is lowering that barrier of entry so that they get that initial wave or influx of customers and clients, right? Yeah. You went from zero to 100K in nine months offering a $20 product. Yeah. That I'm sure, uh, I don't know, what was your profit on that? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, I, honestly, I don't remember that either. Uh, was it 50%? Margin, was it 30? Our margin was probably in the 60 to 70% range. But okay, so it costs you 3 to $4. No, sorry. What is that? Uh, $8 or whatever. You know, 6 bucks. I don't know, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there for a $20 product. You had to move a lot of product to make 100 k Yep. All right. So that's cool. And then uh, number four, distribute videos everywhere. So you yeah. got on social media. Um, 
to the extent that it existed. There was, you know, not a lot. Yeah. And it wasn't just videos. It was, in fact, at the time, video was really starting to take off. And there were, YouTube wasn't as popular as it is now. Uh, there were maybe a dozen video platforms that were all getting a lot of attention. So, uh, and, and it wasn't just video content. It was, again, blog posts and articles as well. So it was just lots of content everywhere you could possibly put it. So what would you say right now with strategy number four, what would you recommend to startup nation as far as distributing and getting it out there? Totally YouTube. Actually, no, I take it back. YouTube or if your product warrants it, Pinterest. Pinterest is really getting a lot of attention, a lot of traction, and it's really easy to, let's use the word manipulate. Um, it's really easy to, to get a lot of attention on Pinterest with not a lot of effort because they don't care. And the people who are on Pinterest mostly don't know how to do it. So, uh, and YouTube similarly, actually, there's lots of ways. Google cares a lot about making sure you don't game the system from an SEO perspective on YouTube. They don't care as much. I've never heard of anyone being penalized for doing some things like um, you know, paying for traffic to come and watch the video, for example. It's not something that we do. We don't need to do that, but uh, they're much more lenient with what you can do on YouTube to try and goose the thing than they are in the, for the, Google, the actual Google search results. Startup Nation, you're hearing from Stephen Sashin, and Stephen is the founder of zeroshoes.com. And with yeah, with an X, right? So X-E-R-O, shoes.com, zeroshoes.com. And with nothing but search engine marketing and social media marketing, Zero Shoes has become the best-selling running sandal in the world. Yeah. So he's giving you incredible expertise right now. If he could do that with a running sandal, you can do it with your product. This is very important. And he's giving you, here's how I did it. And it's not anything new he's saying. Yeah. It's really well, look, simple stuff. Look, there's nothing new on the internet. I mean, all we're doing is, again, just um, finding ways to get in front of people who are interested in what we're doing and then providing something of value and an opportunity to do business with you. It's just that the, the medium has changed, but the, the mechanism is, is the same as it's always been. Yeah, I get that. What is the quickest way that you would uh, be able to find that niche community to get in front of right here, right now, if you were starting a new business? Um, I'd start, well, it's an interesting question. I would do one of two things. I'd either start with something. What I would do is I would start with something I'm interested in because that's the only way I can do it. But I know people who don't do it that way, who do it totally based on what are people looking to pay money for? What are people having problems with? Let's and, say you uh, did it your way. You have something you're interested in. How would you find that small community and that conversation they're having? Have you heard of this thing called Google? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, or Facebook, have you heard of that so one? So what would you search? What would you do? How would you okay, do it? So well, I'm, a, I'm a competitive sprinter. Um, so one thing I would do is I would just search for sprinting eBooks or sprinting coaching, <clears throat> or um, I would do a search for sprinting with the file type of PDF. I would get on Facebook and look up and search for sprinting. I would just look to see who's engaged in the conversation. What are they looking for? What problems are they running into? What are the current solutions? I would buy the current solutions and see if I thought they could be improved in some way. I've got a book. It's an actually, it's an amazing book about sprinting. I think it's called the Speed Encyclopedia. And I haven't been able to get through it in five years because it's only an ebook and I don't really do well reading on devices. And it's really, really long. And so if I were going to start all over, I would take that book 
and I would either, uh, actually the first thing I would do is see if I could sell it as an affiliate, just to see if I could get the sales, but then I would improve it and make my own product. And I would turn it into something instead of being this big is only this big. And um, I don't know what the pricing structure would be. I might make it more expensive, I don't know. But suffice it to say, just do a search for that thing. Like we were saying, find out what people are already kind of complaining about or looking for that they can't find or um, see if, here's a funny story. Way back when, back in the early days of the internet, this is in the early 90s, someone I know was selling a course on how to do search engine optimization. And he called his number one competitor and said, we should do a mailing for each other to each other's list. I mailed him my list selling your product. You mailed him your list selling my product. And the, guy, the other guy said, what are you, crazy? I'm not going to give you my, my, my customers. He goes, you don't get it. 90% of the people who buy our products never open the product. They're still looking for something else. And if we just sell each other's things, we're going to make twice as much money. And uh, it took a year for my friend to convince this other guy to do that. And then they made twice as much money because in that world, people are always looking for something a little different or they're not going to read the whole book. And he just knew that there was more power in having more people doing something than just one person doing something. And so there's always room. There's always another way of doing this is find the top 10 people who are selling something, put together a webinar series where they get to, where you interview them, they promote what they're doing, you get a commission for any sales you make during the webinar, and at the end, you have a 10-part webinar series about this topic that you can sell and you can give to them so they can sell it as affiliates. So you just become an expert and create a product within 10 weeks. Startup Nation, did you get that? Yeah, because if that. you replay that one. You may want to replay that. <laughs> you could do that in your niche, yeah. no matter what your niche is, find the top 10 people that already have products, bring them on, interview them, record that. That is your product now. Plus you'll get paid for actually doing it from a commission, affiliate commission from any sales they make on your webinar. That's brilliant. You're I love welcome. it. <laughs> You're welcome. Namaste. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, uh, we're heading into my favorite uh, part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. This is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions, actually 10 uh, quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Purple. Oh, we didn't start yet. Okay. Stephen, what's your favorite sound? Uh, people laughing. Got it. What's your least favorite sound? Uh, um, uh, car alarms. What are you most afraid of? I can't think of anything. Be real. We all have hidden fears. What uh, are you oh, most getting afraid? my toe caught in the, in the drain at the bottom of a pool. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear. <laughs> I was not ready for that startup nation. <laughs> Stephen, what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Way too much time doing my first year in business. I don't, dude, I don't remember that far back. Uh, I, I'm going to say, uh, 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 um, I don't know. I, I, can't, I literally can't think of anything. What did you waste too much time doing? Browsing instead of creating new content. There you go. Uh, what, secret fear do you what secret fear do you have about people? Wow. Um, it's, it's a weird version. I work as a, as a, as a individual athlete, I work on the assumption that the best man or best thing wins. Um, but I know other people don't think that way. And my fear is that the people who think uh, more mm, mm, sneakily and, you know, try to mm -hmm. take advantage of others that they'll do that without me realizing it. Cause I'm just sort of optimistic. Mm, yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? 
Um, I wish I'd made the transition to closed-toed shoes sooner instead of just really focusing on sandals from the, I mean, it worked out fine, but yeah, if we had done that, it would have been interesting. Why were you so resistant in like, we just thought, we thought the, the market was going to be, we, we didn't expect the kind of competition or kind of pressure from multi-billion dollar footwear companies that we ended up getting. Again, I thought the best man would win. We were the best man. I didn't expect that multi-billion dollar companies would try and shut me down. Oh yeah. Big time. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, taking time off. Yeah. What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, not taking time off. <laughs> <laughs> Such a cop out. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, look, all I do, I roll out of bed, I go to work, I come home, we have some dinner, we watch some TV, I go to sleep, I repeat. So there's nothing else in my day that I can tweak that. Actually, the one other thing I'd like to do, I want some of that time off, I just want to be going back to doing more training as a sprinter. I just haven't had enough time to train as much as I like. There you go. Clear. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, passionate, motivated, obnoxious. <laughs> I'm a thorn in the side of a lot of people who um, walk to the other side of the room when I walk in. Dude, you're like the long curly head version of me. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you weren't expecting that comment. All no, right. Like pick, pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uh, hyper-optimistic, naive, and enthusiastic. Yeah, I got that. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Uh, we all die. Lighten up. <laughs> Amen to that. We all die, Startup Nation. Lighten up. <laughs> all right, Stephen, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K or next? won't make you any happier. So don't bank on that. Do it because do, don't do it with the expectation of some imagined future, especially one where you end up happier. Love it. Now what's the best, uh, the best way for startup nation to get in contact with you or find out more about you if they so choose. Well, carrier pigeons the best, but no one takes me up on that. So I will say just uh, hit up our website, zero shoes.com X E R O shoes.com, or we are at zero shoes or slash zero shoes at every social media platform you can think of. Fantastic. Startup Nation, we're listening with Steven Sashin. He went from zero to $5.5 million selling running sandals. And Come on. And casual and hiking and walking. People do everything in all of our products. But yes, you are correct. That's how it all began. Yeah, that's it. You start with one. Start with one, yep. own the niche, and then yep. expand into other niches. Absolutely. That's, that's the formula. Steven, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you peace love and your next well for you it's your next million <laughs> thank you so much got it god bless brother cheers startup nation you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business if you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things go check out my other podcast called broken catholic on that show i interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to BrokenCatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.